if there's one skill you absolutely have to master, it is learning to talk to yourself. A quote from Joe Duncan, CEO and founder of Before 5 a.m. Dig. Welcome to the One Love Sports Podcast, your place for quick takes on hot sporting topics and events. I am Lance Thomas, along with Mario Pottinger, the Rastaman, from the Live Sports Media, as usual. Yo, Mario, what's going down? Uh, my respect for Paris and oh, oh, and the players who play for them. Lord, oh Lord, or regrets for them, you know. Um, and I don't even know if I'm sorry for them, but it's just life. It's just life. Um. We start things off as usual, looking back at the week that was, and we had five events featured on the cards last week. Uh, the Heat overcame the 76ers, the first test really, and they went down to the Heat, flaming. Maz Vidal went down to Covington. You know, I don't think Mario saw that coming, but yes, the pretender, they one who was supposed to be the pretender to the throne. He showed up and delivered. Man City hammered Man U in the derby 4-1. Milan downed Napoli, flipped them really, one love, and the PSG Real Magic fiasco. That, that match, that meltdown in the last part of the second half after PSG was cruising. We will have more comments on it, but your first take on that, Mario? Uh, well, just to go through the weekend, uh, I think Masvidal was uh, trying to get the finish rather than just come for a normal fight. I think he really wanted to just knock Kobe out. Okay. And he, there were some moments, but um, Kobe treated it like a normal fight rather than a third match, and I think he just played it smart, safe, okay. but mm-hmm. got him the win. Okay. Um, Milan, Milan's match was as expected, entertaining. I thought there would be a few more goals, but one nil is okay, I guess. Okay. Um, I told you that Man City would score four, four goals against yep. this crap Man United team. Yeah, I just didn't. didn't I, I didn't expect him to score back one. Yeah. No. I didn't, didn't expect him to Sanchez score back one. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Um. But yeah, I think the weekend was it went as expected. I just think the um Masvidal fight, um. A little unexpected, but it was also underwhelming. Because, so uh, like I let's said, get whole... let's get into the big the match, the match of the moment, the PSG meltdown against Real Madrid. Yeah, um, I look at it more from as the players. I don't even blame Pochettino coach because you can't melt down multiple times over a few years and have multiple coaches and have the same set of players and then I blame the coach. If three, if you melt down under three different coaches, at what point do you acknowledge that? Built a bad team of players and about culture in the dressing room as well. Mm. Well, I think that um valid point. I, I think that all throughout the match I was watching it and I was saying, okay, PSG cruising, looking good. And it really wasn't PSG looking good all I was watching the match. It was really just Mbappé looking good to me. Um the rest of the team, I didn't really like, but they looked smooth and because real they were. They had better players, it seemed, individual talent, and that was showing. Um, but in defense, they always look shaky to me. It looked very casual to me. And, and I was saying throughout the game that 
they are playing as if they are a Barcelona dream team. When they're not, you know, they're playing as if they're at that level and they're not at that level. So I would see them being very casual. And when I say they don't have the skills and the, the chemistry to be playing that way. And so I, I didn't expect it at all. But when the meltdown was just, when it came crashing down, you could see that there is no real bond in the team. There is no real fighting spirit, you know, really no leadership of the team either. And it was really regrettable. All of those players who had leadership were pushed out of the team for brand names. Mm. Um, and the team wasn't built properly. I've said it at the beginning. Them signing Messi. And I don't want to say that it's Messi's fault. Mm. But them, they didn't build a proper football team. They, they punched a lot of players together who had big names. And we saw this happen with Real Madrid Galacticos back in the day when they sold Makaleli and brought in Becca. Um, Zidane said it, you, you can paint a Ferrari gold, but you can take out the engine and it was fun. Okay, so that 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 was a regrettable performance, though. Um, congrats to Real Madrid for capitalizing. Congrats to Karim Benzema for, with a 17-minute hat-trick there. I mean, he showed up. And so Real Madrid, who really wasn't looking that good anyway, um, moves on. The best player for them throughout was um, the Vinicius um, Junior, but um, and he wasn't particularly good, but he was just the best player, you know. Um, um, but Benzema showed up and great. Congrats to them. So that's it for the week that was, and we now move forward to the preview of the upcoming week. Previewing the upcoming week, and we start as usual in England, where the Premier League enters its 29th week out of 38. So literally 10 games to go for each team. And after spanking Man U 4-1, Man City are on 69 points now from 28 games. Uh, still close to the bunch because it could have been worse if they had not showed up against Man, Man U, but Liverpool is still six points behind with one game in hand. So could be potentially a three a three points lead, and it's still all to play for. This weekend coming, um, yeah, not really in great games. Manu will take on Spurs and Arsenal, Leicester, maybe to pick up the bunch. If you look over across the rest of uh, Europe, Real Madrid leads in the La Liga, Bundesliga, it's Bayern still after drawing with Leverkusen on the weekend. In the Syria, um, in Italy, Milan after clipping Napoli 1-0, is now on top of the table, but it's still a three-way fight there with Milan followed by Inter and Napoli. Juve is not very far off, um, just seven points from the top. In League One, yes, as we said, PSG got less PSG, but because of so much talent, it really doesn't have any competition in the League One, in the French League One. And yeah, and that rounds up what action on the top of the table looks like in Europe uh, this week. We, as I said, no braille humding of games. I don't know if you want to point out any particular game that you see interesting. Oh, definitely. Um, Betis, and if you just like have time, if you have time, Real Betis is playing um, Athletic Club Bilbao in La Liga. If you just need an entertaining game for the weekend. Uh, other than that, there's not many more games to feel no. in uh, memorable. Leon okay. and Renin League on yeah. just as entertainment if passing by. 
Um, and of course, Hoffenheim and Bayern. Hoffenheim yeah. likes just upset big teams. So yeah. it, it should be entertaining, even if Bayern wins. Okay. Uh, the Champions League also continues next week, where Manu will play host to Atletico Madrid. As you recall, in the first tie, the first leg, uh, it was a 1 1 draw. And so it should be interesting. In fact, going into this second leg, uh, for this, uh, up, these upcoming games, uh, they are, this is one of about four games, which are, I think it's three or four games, which are going in with a draw. Um, Ajax, Benfica, also in a similar situation, Juve and Villarreal, likewise. And uh, Lille will also take on Chelsea. Uh, so very interesting how close the bunch these games are and to see what the results will be for the upcoming week. Uh, any comments, Murray? Uh, yeah, I still see a boring affair as usual between United and uh, Atletico. Atletico. Yeah, and I see Atletico still winning 1-0. Whoever mm-hmm. wins it will win 1-0. Yeah. Uh, Villarreal and Juve should be a bit more entertaining, but it's going to be a drive out of fear. The most entertaining game of the three is Benfica Ajax because at least you'll get to watch entertaining football. The other two okay. will be drag out, kind of boring. Let's see who scores first and defends the best. Including little Chelsea? Well, I expect Chelsea to just walk over a little. Um, mm. So I, I, even if they don't, they're still going to win anyway. So I didn't really want to mention it. I just okay. think they're going to all said, Liverpool, Man City, Bayern, and Real Madrid have now progressed to the quarters. The first four teams after the performance this week. Liverpool went down 1-0 to Inter, but 2-1 overall because of the two-goal advantage they were taking in from their first encounter in, at the San Siro. Uh, over into the NBA, and it's still crowded at the top in the East. The Celtics are on a very good stretch. I think in the last 17 games, they've lost two. So they are the hottest team in the league over that period of time. But at the top, it's the Heat uh, were leading. Uh, Bucks are right there behind them. 76ers and and Bulls are right there as well. Uh, Bulls have been fading a bit of late, um, even with uh, inconsistent but remarkable performances from DeMar DeRozan, but the Cavs, Raptors, and Nets Nets are looking to turn around their season now with uh, the the COVID restrictions being lifted and hoping that Kyrie can play some home games and Kevin Durant is back and hopefully Ben Simmons can join soon. Talking about that, there is a keen matchup this evening between the Nets and the 76ers. So we will talk a little bit more about that um, um, quite soon. But hopping over into the West, it is the Suns who maintain their lead despite the CP3's absence. They had lost their main scorer there. Uh, what's his name again, Mario? They won Booker. Yeah, yeah, Booker. They had lost Booker for um, a minute, but he is he, back and um, doing his thing as, as usual. Grizzlies have bumped the Warriors out of second place. Maybe temporary, but they have done so and they're climbing. So Warriors have been doing really badly. I mean, out of sorts at the moment, not looking sharp over the last uh, 10 games. I think they have a losing record over the last 10 games. 
uh, mobs and nuggets, as I mentioned last week, are climbing the table. Uh, in fact, mobs and nuggets are now at 40 wins. And Jazz, they're attacking, launching an attack at the Jazz, who are in fourth place. Timberwolves and Clippers have taken advantage of very easy schedule and have looked good in the last 10 games, but their schedules are going to get a bit tougher to close the season out. So don't know how that will go. While the Lakers continue to skate, um, doing an electric slide, going in reverse while everybody's trying to close out the league. So the hottest team in the NBA at the moment is the Denver Nuggets. That's the hottest team. They have lost only one game in the last 10. And so we look forward to some key games coming up over the next seven days. Uh, I have Warriors Bucks on Saturday night as one of those. I'm also looking forward to see Celtics and Mavs on Sunday. But there are other games like the Jazz will host the Bulls and Nets will be hosting the Mavericks. Um, any of those games catch your attention, Murray? Okay, so um, I didn't know you'd go that far ahead to um, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, Sunday, I want to see the Celtics versus the Mavs. I want to see if the Celtics are just... Yeah. Um, and I th- if they're just like a team that's going to perform only in the regular season, or yeah. if they're really trying to push to be tied. Yeah. yeah. And I want to see if Luca can go up against more than a superstar. Right. Because in the playoffs, he's going to have to. Yes. That's the kind of main one if we're talking about the weekend. Yeah. The yeah. Bucks versus the Warriors. The reason why I'm not really that interested is because, as I said, the Warriors are out of sorts and it's like yes. they already know they're going to be the playoffs. And the Bucks are the Bucks. They're the most, they're the team with the most chemistry. And yes. know that they're the champions. Yes, they, they look to be in good nick and um, most dependable team now um, to show up when it matters. You know, so looking real good, look like, like real championship material, like that going into the playoffs. There is going to be the Mavs will also face off against the Nets next Wednesday. Not sure if the restrictions have been lifted that allow um, Kyrie to play, but could be interesting. And Celtics all, also will be tested when they go up against the Warriors um, next Wednesday as, as, as also. Um, another key matchup is Monday. The Sixers will welcome Nuggets with the MVP favorite here, Jokic. Not sure what he, what he can bring to the Boston Gardens, but... Should be an interesting game. No, not Boston, sorry. Not not Boston, to to Philly. But should be an interesting game. Nuggets um, um, going up against 76. The funny thing about that is, and I know a lot of people uh, have Jokic as an MVP candidate. Yes. But these are the games where I want to see Jokic step up. When he plays another big man who can help physically. Because against everybody during the regular season, Mm -hmm. he gets to go up against... um, Big men who can't, who don't really affect the game as much. Yes. But against against any team that has a proper big man that yes. is like even a star or a superstar, mm-hmm. he shrinks. Okay. That's when he he doesn't play well. Where will um, we look forward then? If he shrinks, so that's why. Yeah. So against Embiid, who's actually yes. a star center, superstar center, yes. let's see if you can handle a physical game. Interesting. Any thought on the upcoming UFC fight night on Saturday? Um, not much on it because a lot of most of the favorites to me are going to win. 
Yes. So, um, Tiago Santos, he was already in um, a title fight with John Jones and almost beat John. But the, yeah. the fight that I'm truly interested in is the bantamweight fight between Marlon Moraes and Son and Song Yadong. Yes, yes, okay. Song yes. Yadong is a dangerous, dangerous fight. Okay. Like, when you talk about complete skill set, I'm very aggressive. But he's aggressive in a smart way. He's not a mm. brawler, but he's still very aggressive for a skill-based fighter. So what makes so you give Marlon? What makes you give Marlon a chance? Because Marlon has proven that he's a title contender in the UFC, but I often I often question in the big moments, can he step up? Like he's definitely skilled. But when you ask him to truly like when you ask him to truly fight a contender, yes. Because if you notice by his record, he's 23, 9, and 1. Yes. So we know that he's going to be in and around those title fight guys. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. based on the based on the contenders that he's faced in the past, yes, I just want him to make that next step that proves to me that hey, you can be a champion rather than just be a top five contender. Okay. okay. Or that or that you're comfortable being a top five contender. Okay. But Song Yadong is a lot more hungry. It's he Song Yadong seems a lot more hungry than. So that should be that should make up for a very good matchup. Um, some UFC never fails, always entertaining, always always full of action, and um, yeah, never bore. You know, you can depend on it to get some. Oh, can I can I can I give you one more fight that should at least be entertaining? Names: Alex Pereira versus Bruno Silva. That Alex Pereira guy, yeah, I, I'm 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 looking out for him. He's four okay. and one in the UFC. Okay, I'm I'm looking I'm looking out for him. Because okay. he's aggressive but very skilled. Even though he's, he's old, 34, he's young in the UFC. And I'm looking, I'm watching. It's I'm, I'm just, I just have my eye. Okay. All right. So that wraps up our preview of the upcoming week. Let's take a fast break. Welcome to Fast Break, where we do quick takes on hot topics and burning issues from the world of sports. Today, we look at, after this PSG meltdown, the question begs itself. Um, an uninspired-looking mess. Um, not just uninspired, but um, he looks a bit like he's really past this prime. I mean, I, I, I think, admittedly, I have not really watched complete games um, this season so far, and this was the first game I was really watching um, completely and watching Messi for a long time. I've not watched him fully, and I, I was unimpressed. I mean, he still has some of the skill sets, of course, he's naturally talented and all that, but I could see definitely that his speed is gone. It's hard for him to beat people nowadays. Um, it seemed like he really should be playing like an Iniesta kind of football right now. I mean. And he maybe could excel at that because he does have natural skills still, but um, very uninspired. And so I, I flash back to just three years ago, Messi Ronaldo, it was their empire still. Um, and I think Messi still won um, Ballon d'Or last year, uh, but not looking like top of the game to me. Not, neither of them. I mean, they're looking pretty old right now. And maybe that's justified too. They're up in age. And this is a young man's sport. What's next for both of them, um, Mario? Yeah, um, 
So comment on that. I don't think Messi wants to be at PSG in the first place. He does place. definitely not. That's one thing. Two, he doesn't know what role he's played. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, when when they brought in Messi, and, I, and this is where I said that I feel sorry for Pochettino, the coach. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been given. He's basically given some piece, just like the Lakers situation. You put in a lot of pieces with big names who won't really fit together as a whole. And yeah. then ask the coach to just put them on the field and figure the hell out. He can't do that. And yes. Messi yeah. doesn't know if he should play on the wing or should play inside. What is his role? Am I the playmaker or am I still the goal scorer? Right. And Ronaldo to me, CR7 and Messi have reached that age where you need to be specific with what you're asking them to do. And they have to be played in a specific system to get yeah. the most out of him. Think Tom Brady. Tom Brady had to leave Bill Belichick because, hey, I can no longer bring scrubs very far. So yes. now you have to put me in the perfect offensive line um, that can, that makes nobody touch me. I have to give me a bunch of weapons around me and I yes. can still carry it to a championship. Now, what yes. is for them going forward? Yes. Um, for me, CR7 should go back to the Portuguese League, the Sporting Central Portugal and gain because he didn't win any trophies with them while he was there i think yeah. that's the best thing for him for Lionel messi i either see a return to barcelona that they can afford to keep you because that's the reason why they had to let you go and the new board is the board that you were under when you had your best days and you would still fit into a system that gets the most out of you if not if you're just simply not at your best it's time to go home to newell's newell's old boys which is Messi's original, original team. The team that he played for before Barca, before he was yeah. 13 and Barca signed him, which yeah. is a team in Argentina. They're yeah. a legendary club in Argentina. They haven't been at the top of the Argentine league. Well, they've been at the top, but not title contenders. And I think he would instantly make them title contenders. Also, he should now chase what Ronaldinho and the Pelés have all chased. The Zicos, the Rivaldos, there, there's a cult thing in um, South America where players who have played in Europe at the highest level and played in South America at the highest level, they must win the Champions League and the Libertadores to be considered legends in South America. Mm. They are asking for so, both of them to return home. Um, tough yeah. task because that means giving up part of the limelight and especially for a CRC, that could be a tough task. For Messi, who really is more um, used to playing away from home, um, not in Argentina. It's a tough ask, but I understand. It's understandable, an ask, you know? Um, but in terms of, let me just keep away from that topic a little while. And generally speaking, ask you, who is the best footballer in the world, right? I would have to give that honor to Kevin De Bruyne. I know that Luan does it. Um, many people see it as him, but I just think he's, out of all of the top footballers in the world, he's in the best situation. Yes. But in terms of just the, the best football, just yeah. best skills right now, your impact on your team, your impact on the world game right now, I would have to give it to Kevin Durant. Okay, um, fair. I mean, I I was very impressed um, by Kylian Mbappé yesterday. I mean, just seeing him, those stars on his team, and he was really the only inspiration to me from, from PSG. Um, I was pretty impressed. Like, I forgot that despite the speed and 
he, he, I'm, I'm not saying he's the best finisher in the world, but um, he is an impactful player. So looking, so it, it struck me and said, said to myself, really, who is the best footballer right now? It's not Ronaldo, it's not Messi. And for once, maybe I can say that without even thinking about it. I mean, I would never have said he's not missing because I always think it's missing, no matter what's happening. But it's clear to me neither of them. So, but Kylian Mbappé looked like it was clear to me the best football on the field yesterday. So I wanted to myself, who is the best? Um, yeah, De Bruyne. I guess he has to be in the conversation. He's in a very good situation and he's a he's a class player. So hard Here, to. Can I- but Can I explain why I didn't give it to Mbappe and yeah. Haaland and those guys? Yeah. They haven't really proven it at the top of them. Granted, okay. De Bruyne played a Champions League final and didn't win either. Mbappe played in a Champions League final and didn't win either. Mbappe, Mbappe has a World Cup, but he was in a great French team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I didn't give it to Mbappe is because he isn't the one who had the most impact in that World Cup. Um, in terms that, of that. Okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a tough... But, that, that, yeah. I see, M- I see Mbappe, Erling Haaland, Jao Felix as the three players and Kai Havertz from Chelsea as mm-hmm. the three, well, three or four players who they, they're the ones now who have to make that uh, mark. Yes. I mean, those are the four candidates. Those are the four candidates for the best player in the world going forward. And I looked at the, and I couldn't believe, I was like, I feel like I've been hearing about Kylian Mbappe. I've been watching him for the last 10 years and I realized the man is on 23. And I was like, what? I can't believe he's still that young. Uh, I feel like he's been playing for a century and he's still that young. Why? I mean, his upside is amazing. So there you have it for Fast Break. We now skip along to Super Mario Adventures. Welcome to Super Mario Adventures, where Mario comments on a sporting event or a topic not in mainstream news, but always very interesting. Yes, Mario, what's this week? Uh, this, this week is a bit more mainstream and, you know, with all, the, with all the things going on in the world in terms of football ownership, yes. um, Roman Abramovich being sanctioned and him maybe being the only successful person to buy his way to trophies consistently yes. he's the only person who has done that model consistently yes. Yes. Um, and he has had many copycats from Manchester City but and to the persons who broke down um, yesterday in Paris Saint-Germain right. now we've never seen an owner act out of character and one of the things that happened after the PSG match and it seems like the owner cares more than the players Mm-hmm. Because he tried to break into the referee's um, locker room and tried to fight the referees yesterday. Oh, Lord. Um, both um, Nasir Al Khalifa, which is the owner of Paris Saint Germain, and Leandro, who is the director of football, were very aggressive in trying to force their entry into the referee's room. And when asked to leave, they blocked the door. Um, Nasir, who is the owner, he hit one of the referee's equipment, breaking it. And uh, of course, the PSP's um, sporting director, he asked for the footage of the um, Nasir Al Khalifa's fight to be immediately deleted. Um, Nasir Al Khalifa attacked a Real Madrid staff member who was recording it and he yelled at him, I'll kill you. Which, in all fairness, 
with the family that he comes from, he, you could disappear. Yeah, take it lightly. Um, oh no. No, so his bodyguards had to stop him from attacking. Um, and now the sporting director Leon bro, is now asking for the footage to be deleted because trust me, he's coming from one of the, if not not the Saudi, but the Qatar royal family as well. So those guys' threats should not be taken. Back. Well, this is, um, I mean, this is, this is regrettable because, uh, you know, it is it is representative of the PSG state as a whole. I mean, very desperate, you know, they're behaving, um, um, emotional, um, not, to me, in control at the moment. And that's what they look on the pitch. And that's how that behavior is coming across. Regrettable, very regrettable. Were calls were maybe debatable, but not to the extent where you could say that they were rough. Not at all. So that is really uncalled for. And also, um, there is also a lot of friction in the dressing room right now. A lot of the attackers and defenders, well, the goalkeeper especially, is under a lot of scrutiny. He was yeah, being attacked you're like, by you're attackers. Yeah, like Myanmar had a bust up with um, Donnarumma. With Donnarumma as well. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but this goes back to giving certain players power and pushing out the leaders out of the dressing room. Yeah, that's what when, Neymar came in, yeah, yeah. when Neymar came in, um, there was a structure with guys like Cavani, um, Thiago Silva, Thomas Tuchel, the coach. Um, and you chose you, you chose to give the players power who were superstars rather than give the lead and then get rid of the leaders in the dressing room. So um, it definitely, it definitely is PSG's. Um, I would say the sporting director would blame him because again, I, I would blame Pochettino the coach. But when three, four different coaches is coaching the same group of players and all of these at one and two maybe different players, and it's the same attitude over over a four year span, at what point do we look at the players? I said this about Manchester United. If you fire Joseph, fire Ole, and Ragnick come in and can at what point do you look at the players that have a culture that Culture. It's a cultural issue. Um, so, yeah, definitely. So, that wraps up uh, Super Mario Adventures for this week. It's time for Overtime. Welcome to Overtime, where we do the overdrive here. And this week, we look at our five feature events. And starting on Saturday morning at Old Trafford, where the Manchester United struggling team welcome Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, give me a two-all draw. Neither of these teams are feeling 100% confident. Tottenham has been playing better, but we know that in big games, they don't show up. United need to recover from that um, meeting last week, so give me a two-all draw. Same thing for Arsenal, Leicester. That one's a bit more interesting. Give me three to Arsenal. 3-2 Arsenal. I think it should be, it may be a more interesting game, you know. It has all the makings that it could be a very, very good game. And they do tend to have a history of very competitive games. On Sunday at 2.30 uh, in the afternoon, Celtics welcome flaming hot Mavericks of late. And Celtics themselves are hot. So it's Luca versus the 50-point man. In Jason Tatum. Well, give me the Celtics because again, you can two guys can go off for of fifty points. But guess what? Celtics have Celtics have done the one thing that Luca hasn't um, learned to do is play as a team. When you okay. shut down Luca, 
there's nobody else that truly can step up to that higher level. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie can play like an all-star every now and again, but when you're playing with Luka Doncic, it's all about Luka. And one of the things that Marcus Smart from the Celtics said earlier before they turned around their results is that um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown should start playing with their and to start trusting their teammates, which is what I think Luka should do. Which is why the Celtics have turned around. And by the way, shout out to the black coaches in the NBA, the new black coaches. I don't remember the name of the Celtics coach and the name of the Cleveland coach. Nobody's talking about um, them being in coach of the year candidacy. But this goes back to hiring black coaches and trusting black coaches in sports. Um, but yeah, give me the Celtics. Wow. Um, so, and then we have Sixers hosting Nuggets on Monday. Oh, give me the 76ers. Anytime Jokic plays against a big man, you can actually physically um, stop him and put up 30 points as well. Plus, he, he doesn't have DeJounte Murray um, and Michael Porter Jr. So what happens when James Harden or Tyrese Maxi goes off? Yeah. So give me the Sixers. Okay. And we have Manu facing off with Atletico Madrid in the second leg of their Champions League. Um, uh, round of 16 matchup. I'm going to stick to my guns like I did last time and give me Atletico Madrid winning one. Oh, one love? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, by the way, yeah, I think the, the coach for Celtics is Aime Udoka, Nigerian. Um, yes, um, under the radar. I haven't heard much about him. Um, and Celtics have been playing well. I've been showing up. But haven't heard much. Haven't heard much mention being made of their coach at all. So, good shout out there, Mario. Which one of these games are you entering into the competition? Uh, give me the Celtics game. Sorry, the, the Sixers game. Sixers game. Those Nuggets. We're going out on a limb there for the Sixers, the new look Sixers to get one over the Nikola Jokic and his Denver Nuggets. Okay. All right. There we have it for this week. Thanks for joining us again for another edition of the One Love Sports Show. Until next time, keep safe and always remember it's one love every time.